My praise, O Holy Lord, most holy Lord, with all of my heart, I, with my heart, I sing, great are you, Lord, worthy of praise, holy and true, great are you, Lord, most holy Holy Lord, you alone are worthy of my praise. O Holy Lord, most holy Lord, with all of my heart, I, with my heart, I sing, great are you, Lord. Preston Crest. What a nice, cool fall day to be together. My name is Brian Pruitt. On behalf of the eldership here at Preston Crest, I want to welcome you to our services this morning. Uh, those of you who know how to check in, please do that at this time. As a reminder, and those of you who don't, please uh, text the number on the screen and it will give you the instructions and a bulletin. I see our brother Simeon with us this morning. What uh, a privilege and pleasure it is to see him, one of the great preachers of Guatemala. Nice to see you, brother. As we begin our worship this morning, We're going to read Psalm 29, 1 and 2. Psalm 29, verse 1 and 2. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Will you bow with me, please? Our Father in heaven, all praise and honor and glory be to you now and forever. We thank you, Father, for all of the daily blessings that you pour out upon us, for our food and our clothing and our shelter and every physical need that you provide in great abundance. Thank you for these lavish material blessings that we often take for granted. Father, thank you for for our country, for the United States. We thank you for all of those who um, protect this country, all of those who have served in every way, 
the rest of us. We are so grateful for the freedoms that we still have to believe in your word, the Bible, and to worship you freely and openly. I pray that you will allow us to continue to have these freedoms, especially freedom of religion, that we can worship and serve you. I ask that you would turn the hearts and minds of so many in our country back to you and back to biblical values. I pray, Father, for a widespread spiritual awakening and renewal in our country. Father, thank you for guiding us through this pandemic, helping us in every way. We pray for your blessings to be upon all of those who have been impacted by COVID, for those especially who have lost loved ones, Father, for those who have lost jobs and businesses, we pray your help and blessings. We ask that you would restore their lives and give them peace. We pray also, Father, for peace and stability in the entire world. Father, for all of those in places that are our brothers and sisters in Christ that are threatened in any way, we ask your protection and blessing. For those Christians in Afghanistan, and for all of those who are in hostile environments, whose lives are at risk, we pray that you would be with them and help them. We know, Father, that we're here in this life for just a little while, that this world is not our home, that we are passing through. Above all, we thank you for Jesus that gives us that hope of eternal life when our time here is over. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Y'all come on in, take a seat. We're going to begin this morning singing, lifting our voices in worship this morning. Our God is a
sing one more song as we enter into this time of communion this morning and then Cody Pierce will come and lead us around the bread and around the cup.
Before we partake of communion this morning, I'd like to read from Genesis chapter 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went along together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that, like Abraham, you were willing to sacrifice your son for us. Even though we are sinful and disobedient, you still loved us enough to send your son to us. And I pray that we will be more like Abraham, that we will put you first in our lives, that we will put you ahead of our family and our friends. We will put you ahead of jobs and wealth and things like our hobbies and our safety, Lord. May you truly be Lord of our lives. Amen. Let's pray again. Lord, we come to, you, to come to you again thanking you for this Lord's Supper, this time that we have each week to remember Jesus. Lord, thank you for the example that he set for us. Thank you for his sacrifice. And thank you that because of that sacrifice, we will be able to spend eternity, eternity with you one day. Lord, we look forward to that day when we can see you face to face. Lord, help us to know you more and more each day and help us to be more like Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Well, if you came this morning prepared to give an offering, uh, we have a box in the middle of our foyer for you to drop that offering in. Obviously, you can give online, as many of you are in the practice of doing, and we're thankful however you choose to, to give this morning to build up the body of Christ in this place and to, to grow the kingdom for his name. Today is a special day. Today is a fifth Sunday. And so at Preston Crest on fifth Sunday, that means world care. And so you can check your bulletin for those items, for those folks that have said, hey, we need just a little bit of help. And uh, world, our world care offerings do so much good, church. They do so much good. And so there's another box in the foyer for your world care offering if you came prepared for that. Or you can go online to do that and just drop down uh, the tab and select world care uh, to give to that as well online. We're thankful that you give and we're thankful for how God has blessed this church with so many opportunities to work and to serve. You can't make a, a good or you can't, uh, let me just, let me see how I'm going to say this. First impressions are important. Let me say that. First impressions are important. And Roland and Susan Esparza head up a crew of greeters at this church that greet you and greet us as we enter into this church building. And we're going to see a little bit more about that in just a moment uh, in our Good Works video. But let's pray for this time of offering. Father God, we're thankful for how you provide for us, how you bless us. And I pray that we are able to, in turn, bless others. Father, as we give today for world care, Father, bless that money. May it build up the body of Christ in places not, not only in the United States, but overseas as well. May many come to know you because of your work in other places. Father, we pray for your work here as well. Father, continue to, to bless Preston Crest and bless us. And may we be bold in sharing our faith. May we be bold in proclaiming the name of Jesus in the city of Dallas. Hear our prayer. It's in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Roland Esparza, leader of the Preston Crest Greeting Ministry. Every Sunday, the volunteers of this ministry serve by offering a welcoming smile, information, or help with a door for the members and guests of Preston Crest. Weekly, notifications are sent out via church teams to confirm whether volunteers are available for their time slot and location. The greeting extended by members of Preston Crest during my first visit helped me to know that this should be my church family. I'm grateful for the time and effort of all of our volunteers. Thank you, Preston Crest, for supporting ministries like this one. First impressions are so important. If you would like to get connected with our greeting ministry, visit with Roland or Susan or visit with whoever's sitting at our information booth this morning. So glad for that ministry. All right, so... I want to welcome some special guests this morning. We have Simeon Sapone. Simeon, would you stand, please? Simeon is the preacher for the Guatemala, the, the church in Chimaltenango. Yes. Yes. With him, traveling with him, Moises Campos. Moises. 
Moises is a preacher for the Goldsboro Church in North Carolina. And Julio Sanchez, Julio, stand please. Julio is the youth minister at the Goldsboro Church of Christ in North Carolina. We are so glad we had a, got to share a, uh, an evening meal with these folks last night and just encouraged them, and they in turn encouraged us. All right, church, let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church, and we'll sing one more song as Gordon's getting ready to come and share with us this morning. Everyone needs compassion, love together on this cool fall morning. Uh, tonight, if you're able, we'll have uh, Jacob Hawk, our young adults minister here, talking about uh, encounters with Jesus, the encounter with the Roman centurion. So hope you can be back for that. Uh, so good to have you guys here. So good to have our folks from Guatemala, Os Hermanos de Guatemala, están aquí conozco. Um, Names are important. Our names are important. They are special to us. And I was reminded this morning as I was introducing, reintroducing myself to our brothers from Guatemala that my name posed a particular challenge when we moved to Brazil. Uh, Gordon means fat, fatso. Uh, so, I, I thank God for my middle name. I never knew why I had a middle name, Wesley, but for 10 years, I rode that middle name hard. And so, if you meet a Brazilian who knows me, they'll probably say, uh, Gordon? Oh, Wesley, Wesley. Uh, I remember <laughs> one time I met a family here, and you start thinking, when you've been abroad or lived abroad, you start thinking about these things, like, how would that person do in that country? And I remember this family is introducing me to their little daughter, uh, Faye, uh, and I was like, that's a pretty name, but not in Brazil, because it means ugly. So I was thinking, I hope she has a good middle name, because she definitely would not want to use that uh, in Brazil. One time, I was officiating a wedding. Our names matter so much to us. I was officiating a wedding in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. A couple that I'd known for a long time, loved him, but you get nervous right in public. And so her name was Melinda, Melinda. And I'm officiating this wedding. And I said to him, I said, Mark, out of all the men in the world, Melissa has chosen you. 
she, she looked at me and she goes, Melinda. And I was like, oh, no. Our names matter. They carry weight for us. Um, oh, yeah, I read this story this week. One more thing and I'll move on. But, uh, you know, the housing market right now, there's not a lot of stock. There's not a lot of houses sitting out there open. Uh, it's, it's a hot market right now. And I read this week that in Bethesda, Maryland, a couple of months ago, uh, this couple turning in their bid for a home to put their bid above all others in writing, in the written bid, promised to name their firstborn child after the current, uh, the seller, you know, and they lost, by the way, but, but I thought that was interesting to try to sweeten the deal. Well, if names matter, if they carry weight, how much more does the name of the Lord, the name of God? We are told that it is his name that saves us. Acts chapter 2 verse 21. Those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. We are told that his name endures forever. Psalms 135 verse 13. We're told a lot about the name of the Lord and it is the name above all names. The first name of this universe, because he is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the one who made us in his image. He possesses all power, holds all authority. And this mighty God takes, this is the story of the Gospels, this mighty God takes a special interest, believe it or not, in you. He cares about us. He loves us. The story that is told, he became one of us. This is the incarnation, the arrival, which we'll celebrate toward the end of this year, moving into the Christmas season, the arrival, the advent, when God came to be with us, was born into this broken, sinful world. And he wasn't just born to serve the powerful, the elite, the senators of Rome, the emperor, but he was called to serve all people, born into a lowly status. And eventually, of course, he would offer that life of his on a Roman cross so that we could be forgiven so that we could be saved, so that we could know God as our heavenly Father. Wow! Our heavenly Father. And when Lord God Almighty came into our world, He was so humble. He was so vulnerable. I mean, think about this. God here allowed people to speak ill of him. He allowed people to curse and criticize him. He allowed people to arrest, abuse, and murder him. God did that. That love is something I can't, to this day, wrap my heart and my mind around. It is too deep, too wide. And so the Lord's Prayer, which we've been looking at and we'll look at for the next few weeks, the Lord's Prayer opens with a recognition that God is our Father in heaven. 
And as we continue to unpack this powerful prayer today, we're going to find out an important way that we can anchor into God when we deal with the chaos and the turmoil of life here in this sinful world. Matthew 6, familiar prayer. Jesus said we are to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, read this with me if you would. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Now, there is a phrase tucked in there that we are going to talk about that is absolutely vital, that is a precondition to human flourishing, to human life becoming all that it is to be. And it is this phrase, hallowed be your name. Set apart are you, God. Um, And so what is it to hallow? Well, it's a verb, it's a noun. To, foul, to, to hallow is to set apart, it is to elevate, it is to put great importance on. It's that verb, it's also a noun. Think uh, Halloween is all hallows eve, all saints eve. So it can also be a noun, a saint, a holy person. But to hallow something is to revere, it is to set it above, to give it great importance. And so as Jesus teaches us how to pray, the mechanics of relating to our heavenly Father, what do we do? The first thing he calls us to do is is get this alignment down where we know who we are and who he is. Before we ask for anything, we know who he is, we know who we are. And yeah, he's going to teach us to ask for things that we need in everyday life, like food and forgiveness. He's going to tell us how to do that, um, but he's going to tell us we start right at the top with knowing who God is and worshiping him for who he is. He is our Father, in heaven. And his name is to be hallowed, is to be treated with great honor and respect. And this is the most important relationship that I have in my life. The most important relationship that any disciple has is their relationship to their father in heaven. Not, not the public one, not the showing up at church and everybody sees me, you know, worshiping God, holding my Bible in my, not, not hey, I'm standing up front preaching, look at me, or, or leading something, or doing something in public. It's not that. It is, Jesus is going to tell us, it is the secret relationship, the one where you and God meet alone. And I hope you have that. If you don't, you can. You are invited to nurture that, to grow that, to have your personal relationship. He talks about this before he even starts the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says in verse 6, when you pray, go away by yourself. And when you pray, shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. And your Father, who sees everything or who sees in secret, your Father will reward you. And so it's this 
It's this get alone, shut the door, you and Father having a conversation. That's what Jesus is inviting, inviting us into. This is the real you, not the Instagram, never had a bad hair day you, not the you that shows up at church in, in your best clothes and everything. The real you, the secret you, the, the you that no one knows but God and you. That you, he says, you take that you into the presence of God, shut the door, and you commune with your Father. That's what you do when you pray. So back to this phrase that is interesting and maybe sounds a little out of date in 2021, to hallow the name of God. What is that? Well, to hallow someone or something is to treat it as sacred, to treat it as ultimate, as something of greatest value. And it is important, you see, because there's an order in the Lord's Prayer. We start with the things that matter most, our relationship with Father and, and His status as hallowed, as set above everything else. And so there is this praise and adoration built into the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, recognition of His glory, and that comes, that recognition of God's glory comes before I start listing all of the stuff that I need, and I need a lot of stuff, and I bet you do too. Daily bread, I need that. I need my debts, my sins forgiven. I need to forgive other people. I need relational help, God. I need that. But before any of that, I need to know who you are. And so before we ask for help, we hallow his name. And how easily, if we're honest, how easily it is to hallow the wrong <laughs> sorts of things. And it damages us. It really does. We hallow money and success, achievements. We hallow a politician or a political cause. And really all you have to do is look at how, how someone spends their time, how someone spends their money, to see what it is they hallow? What is it that they talk about? What is it that they tweet about? What is it that they text about? You'll find out what that person hallows pretty quickly. Some of it's good, right? Our friendships, our spouse, our children, grandkids, those are good things. But the Lord's Prayer begins essentially by promoting God and demoting everything else, putting God in his place above all. And at the end of the chapter, Jesus is going to come back to this theme, very familiar passage to a lot of us, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his, the Father's, righteousness and all these things will be added to you. All what things? All the stuff you need. All the daily bread stuff. You'll have that if you put God first. If you hallow the name of the Lord. Now this is so important. And at one point, 
the importance is seen just by how Jesus chose to use some pretty shocking language, wanted to make sure that people understood the importance, that he had their full attention. So he says in Luke chapter 15, at one point, imagine the, the, the startling effect of these words when Jesus said, unless you hate your father, unless you hate your mother, unless you hate your children, and he said in Luke 14, and even your own life. You can't follow me. Was he really saying I need to start despising my family members? Was that what he... No. But he got our attention and let us know if you elevate anyone, even your own life, above the Lord, you will not flourish. You will not enjoy a pure fellowship with me. And so we hallow him above all else. Specifically, Matthew 6, verse 9, we hallow his name. His name carries weight for us. His name on our lips is a precious thing. Now let me ask you something. Do we hallow the name of God? When we say something like, oh God, that taco was good. Do we hallow the name of God when we say, OMG, worst movie ever. Do we hallow the name of God when we say, Jesus, that was a long wait. Hmm. When you use God's name for your purposes... When you use the name of God to make a point you want to make, to show your disgust or your pleasure or your surprise, are you hallowing the name of God? I've got a friend, by the way, talked to her six, eight months ago. She was telling me that she... She heard some, she goes to the library a lot in town, and she heard someone in the library, she didn't know this guy, but he was, he was cursing and using the name of God, and, and she confronted him, and she was wanting a pat on the back for me, and I said, hang on a second. I said, I love your zeal for the name of God, but why would you expect someone who, for all we know, doesn't know God, doesn't know the Bible, doesn't worship God, why would you expect them to treat the name of God like you do? Why would you treat someone who's not a Christian to act like a Christian? I think we need to look at ourselves on this instead of pointing fingers out there somewhere. For you and me, for those who call God our Father in heaven, who gather to worship, we are called to treat his name according to Jesus with great respect. And how we do that matters. Centuries before Jesus, at the time of Jesus, the Jewish people hallowed the name of God. They may have done some things wrong. They may have made some mistakes like we do, but they hallowed the name of God. When they were reading Scripture and they came across that intimate, personal name of God, Yahweh, they would not say it. They would substitute Adonai, Lord. They so revered the name. Even today, 
when you read a, a blog post or see something that an Orthodox Jewish person writes, even when they write the word God, G-O-D, they'll leave out the O. They'll put G-D. They don't want to spell it out. It's too holy. It's too sacred. They understood the importance of that third commandment. You know the third commandment. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. In vain, just treat it like anything, like it's common. You shall not do that with the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So how we use his name speaks volumes about you, about what's going on in here. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, that out of the abundance of what? Of our hearts, the mouth speaks. Your mouth betrays what's going on in here. So when we worship, when we speak the name of the Lord with reverence, that's what we do because we are his children. In our texts, in our tweets, in our daily conversations, we hallow the name of God. And I get goosebumps, honestly, just thinking about what we're doing here right now. I mean, we showed up here this morning. This is not just, uh, wow, we love the singing here, so let's get up early and hear some good acapella singing. That's not, this isn't just a cool social club where we get to see all of our friends on a Sunday morning. This isn't just a good works society, and we got a lot of good works going on here, but that's not really at our core who we are. We are gathered right now, the redeemed, the children of God, those who adore the name. The Lord's Prayer orients us that above all else, even above our need for daily bread, we need to set that name above everything. What comes first, Jesus says, is Him and His righteousness and His kingdom and verse 9 his name. Imagine what it would be like if sometimes I think about what, what thinking about prayer, right? And I imagine, what would it be like if I called my spouse and I said, hey, pick up the kids. Don't forget to get milk at the store. Pick up the dry cleaning, clean the bathroom, click, done. What would that be? How would that feel? And yet, sometimes talking to God, it's that way. It's okay, pull out my grocery list here, pull out my needs, I got plenty. God, bop, 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 I need this, I need that. And I don't worship, I don't hallow, I don't rever, revere who he is. And so we hallow his name. We recognize who he is and what he has done for us when we are in secret communing with him and exalting him. And that's reflected right at the top in Matthew chapter 6 and in the version of the Lord's Prayer in Luke chapter 11 as well. Okay, let's talk about as we get down to where the rubber meets the road, what does this mean for my life? Well, they're essentially two extremes, I guess, when it comes to Christian life. 
One of those extremes is the kind of Christian who just kind of blends in with the world around them, and they just go right in with the currents of culture. Uh, The way they use the name of God is really no different than the way anyone else uses the name of God, the way they talk with their spouse is no different than the way anyone out in the world or the way they treat their neighbor or spend their money. Their life just looks perfectly aligned with the way everyone else lives their life. And then there's another kind of Christian that instead of fitting in with the world, flees the world Uh, They distance themselves from every worldly thing. I mean, think about like a monk living in a monastery up on a mountain. Nobody knows them. They don't know anybody. They're isolated. They don't interact with the world around them. Nobody sees them. They're not really a witness, are they? Because they've totally isolated themselves. And then there's still another kind of Christian. I believe this is who Jesus calls his disciples. This other kind is the one who loves God and who loves their neighbor as they love themselves. It's one who carries the name of God out into the world. You know, we are called Christians. We wear the name of Christ when we go out and about our business. And so we honor the name. We hallow the name as we treat other people with love and respect and we serve them and we witness for the gospel. Jesus' prayer has that particular kind of life embedded in it. We are in this together. We pray to our Father. We ask for our daily bread. We ask that God forgive our sins. We are in this together. We hallow God as a holy community and we offer our lives up to God trusting that he will take care of us in everything that we need. We come to him looking to build stronger relationships. We come to him to meet our daily requirements for life and that is what it looks like to flourish. This morning, will you respond to the name of God? It is the name that saves. Will you come to him? Will you call out to him? Give your life to him. You can be baptized in the name of Jesus this morning for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of his Holy Spirit. Or this morning, maybe you just need to pray to our Father and we would love to intercede with you and for you. Maybe just get together with somebody that's sitting by you today or maybe come down and pray with me or one of our shepherds. Let's respond to our wonderful Father and hallow his name as we stand and worship. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing
Thank you, Gordon. Thank you, John Scott. Uh, it was wonderful to be here today. I know that uh, we all feel the same, and I hope that you will join us this evening in the continuing series, Encounters with Jesus. As we close out today, let's read together our take-home verse from Psalm 33, verses 20 to 21. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. God bless you. We'll see you this evening.